foreign devs this is yanni and victor and we're kicking off episode 15 and uh we were just before we hit record talking about microphones yes um, yeah we've been you know slowly but surely working on audio quality and hopefully some of you have noticed um victor's got a nice studio set up and he's talking about upgrading for uh coder stick episodes and i'm Using a rinky-dink setup, I'm looking at three pieces <laughs> of styrofoam in front of me and some moving blanks held up on old uh, uh, lighting stands behind me. So it's uh, something we set up, and uh, unfortunately, we just let, ran out of time last week to record an episode. Uh, I had some some uh, projects I needed to tackle, a uh, little bit of running around to do, and uh, Victor, we're going to try to keep this episode brief because Victor's got to catch a very early morning flight for business yes and, uh, we still wanted to squeeze this episode in absolutely so yeah it's always start? fun yeah that's great it's always great to get back together and talk everything through uh yeah the um my studio setup it's a it's a closet basically in my house that i've converted into um you know a makeshift studio but uh yeah it's really it's really small and that helps a lot right? the smaller the room the better and i've been thinking about upgrading my microphone Mostly just to always stepping it up a notch, always trying to do better in any which way we can. And, you know, I've been looking at a microphone for a while and then another popular podcast, they started using it too and really kind of sparked some interest in me again to to really pursue it. But it's it's quite a bit of money, so it might be a little while before I get it, but I think it's going to be the, the next investment I do. Well, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky that you talked me into this thing and I'm not just recording with the built-in mic on my MacBook Pro. Oh, yeah, wow. we wouldn't yeah. be able, we wouldn't be allowed in the same podcast if it was that much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes right. I listen to a podcast and someone is on a, um, like you could just tell they're like on their computer or just like on the phone or something like that. And it, it bothers me so much. So the audio difference between two people in the same podcast and you're constantly volume up, volume down, volume up, volume down. It's distracting for me. Oh, I understand completely. I understand completely. What else is going on? Well, I've been working on on a secret project, I guess. Have we talked about our secret project? Mm-mm. Nope, mm-hmm. nope, mm-hmm. nope. So I've got a I've got a, a a bit of a bone to pick with with myself and a little bit of a an itch to scratch in, in a project, and I've been kind of secretly working on it. And, and Yanni and I worked on it for a little bit last year at the end of last year, and Again, it's that time again of the year where the the itch comes back, and I started working on it again, and I've gotten it to a pretty good place. And um, I mean, a little bit about the project. I don't know how much how much we want to talk about it, but it's it's one of those things that everybody kind of faces, and it's no one really has a great solution. And it is image management and image manipulation. So the the real reason behind all of this that I really wanted to tackle was I've been wanting to have a really easy way to have all of the different sizes of images, you know, for mobile and desktop and all of that and using the source sets and without manually doing all of that. And just, I've tried all sorts of different solutions and services and I haven't found anything that I really liked because the way that I envision it working is so seamless in Laravel that I just haven't found anything that I absolutely love. And um, so we started working on a on a solution for that. Yeah, and I think you know after after it's released, I think there's going to be a lot of 
wow, this feels so natural. You know, this is how it should have been always. That um, kind of response to it. I, but, I agree. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to use it. It's one of those things that will, I will, I will, I would pay it to, to use, you know, because it's, it's that good and it's that, that good of, a, of an idea, but there's some, some hurdles with it, you know, with the implementation and how it works, how to be able to sync. The biggest one I'm facing right now, which is what I, what I had uh, texted you about yesterday was how to sync from like if from production and sync back to development or any other parts of the application and stuff like that. And so that's the bit of a hurdle that I'm working on. So I was yeah, considering I, I, your yeah your data sync package. We kind of spoke about it. Yeah, one thing I was focusing on, uh, you know, towards the end of last year when when we were working on together was um, extracting the data portion of it, meaning that keeping either having a remote database or having a remote uh, repository for the images so that what you're using in on the development side syncs with the production side because it's it's a separate layer but 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 of course that introduces you know what some huh what if we used maybe a, a json database. file oh, no okay. a json file a flat file json file on s3 that we pull down you could do that hmm I don't know. You may well, have hit on something I, there. I, I pulled the package. Um, I just didn't get a chance to work on it today. So or I didn't get a chance to recreate a project for it. So I'll be working on that tomorrow, hopefully. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know that. the next hurdle, the next hurdle on this is going to be like right now, the installation is pretty brutal because it involves our favorite AWS and mm -hmm. all that AWS stuff needs to be um that's that Lambda, right, that we're using for resizing images and stuff? It's a cloud formation stack. But, oh, that's um, right. That's what it's called. Yeah, so I but think yeah. we, could, we could streamline some of that. Glad you brought it up. So I've been a fan of ImageX as a quick, simple-to-deploy image transformation service, uh, meaning that if you have you know, these 12-megabyte images and you want to resize them on the fly using request parameters or you want to add a watermark or do this or that it's an amazing service at some point in between clients and this could have been about two years ago or so they actually reset the monthly counter on master images so master images are the original pull request for a single image from your source so s3 the, bucket or wherever wherever it's coming like, from like the 12 megapixel object yep Okay. So each month that counter resets. So I have some old clients that are paying, I mean, nothing per month for using the same exact service. And then when I deployed it this time around, uh, for very similar numbers, I mean, we were paying about 300 or so a month. Whew. And I discussed it with uh, one of their representatives. He reached out. We talked about it a little and, uh, you know, I explained my concerns and, and, um, you know, while while they were helpful, it just wasn't the direction I was going with it. So I took the time and um, worked on a CloudFormation stack. It's uh, just a modification of what Amazon has out there and uh, deployed basically the same thing where you are uh, passing in requests to Amazon. They're grabbing the image from, from an S3 bucket. Uh, 
and then the image is being resized or transformed. Uh, they're using a, um, it's not Thelmore, uh, it's, uh, it's another library, I forget which one right now. But basically they're resizing on the fly and caching the resized or the transformed image. Um, so it's not storing versions all over a S3 bucket or anything, but, um, that, what, the yeah, cost, what's your bill at cost? I think it was about 40 bucks a month or so. Ooh, wow. Uh, so instead of 300, so wow. both are sourced from the same S3 bucket. So I wrote in this project, I wrote a driver-based approach for image processors so I could switch back and forth or, uh, in certain things where I want to apply watermarks to images, I can apply the ImageX solution. So I'm using a balance of the two, but uh, just vastly brought down monthly expenses. Yeah, and I'm we're not using just just a few images a month or something. We're talking, you know, uh, millions of requests. Yeah, I'm using um, basically the the exact sample of that cloud formation that AWS gives you. Yep, yep. And I, the only thing that kind of bothers me that I do like about like something like ImageX is that the, the parameters are all regular parameters. You, it's yep, just a yep. string of parameters. With AWS, you've got to do the base64 encode and a JSON encoded string. Yep. And so basically you've got to write a wrapper for it, you know, because otherwise it's just this ugly JSON, you know, JSON encoded array that is base64 encoded on top of it. So it's kind of like so nasty. It's funny you mentioned that. I ran into an issue where a third party who uh, we feed data to, including those images, they ran into an issue where they couldn't parse the long uh, base64 encoded uh, URLs. That's interesting. Uh, okay. So I had to deploy. I had to deploy and something I already had in place, um, just a URL shortener. So I had written a URL shortener for internal use to use in SMS messages and so forth. So you had really short URLs uh, with a custom uh, shortened domain name. But uh, I wrote that to support also, or I modified it to support external requests as well. So it works perfect for the images. Uh, but now anything that's that would traditionally get passed over to a remote server uh, now is routing through the Laravel project, which I'm not too happy about, but... Um, now, if you're using deal. if you're using Cloudflare, is there anything else that anything there that you can use? Yeah, I could have taken the time and written something um, a URL shortener like that, uh, but just I didn't see it as a worth the investment on this particular project. Yeah, that is interesting. I could totally see how you could run into an issue like that. I'd, I'd even. You know what? That that may be actually an issue that we need to fix as well on this project. Because yeah. some people may run into that. I mean, yeah, the addresses get pretty long, the image addresses, because a base64 encode is a lot of characters. It and, is, it is. Hmm. That's a that's a good that's, point. I'll definitely put that in the in the notes. And just that, you know, human and not that it really matters, but being able to parse the data as a human when looking at the URL, that is always nice. I've spent and I called you about this, I've spent countless hours properly naming all of my image files, you know, which with nice slug image names and, and stuff like that. And I called you and I said, oh, when, when I switch over to this stuff, I'm going to get all these ugly image file names, you know, that are not real even. And I, you know, I was concerned about that. I do like, you know, I don't know when I, when I dive source, source dive somebody's page, you know, it's nice to find images that are properly named and not W hash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, no real advantage there to spending all those hours. No, no, unless you just you know, unless you're doing it already and uh, organizing your internal files that way. Yeah, that source set stuff is not super easy to to implement. Um, in terms of like having a, you know, if you have a couple of images, sure. No problem. You know, you could resize them in Photoshop, have all the different sizes, and you could do the source set. But when we're talking about hundreds of images, you got to come up with a really robust way of resizing, whether on the fly or automatically, because, you know, I mean, I don't know. Right now uh, in the package, I've got about five different um, sizes that hit okay. the five different endpoints from, you know, from a small mobile device up until a nice, you know, 5K iMac Retina display. That would yep. show like a really nice quality image, you know. So it's like twenty five hundred pixels wide. I think is what I've got it set at. Um, just quite a large image, but you know, if you've got a nice iMac five K on full screen, you need that and even more resolution than that, you know. So it's, it's they're big files. Obviously, you wouldn't want to serve that on a, on a mobile device. But there, if you don't have a nice robust way of doing it, even though it's built in and baked into HTML. I guess we should have probably explained what we were talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. About the source sets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. So, you know, in, in HTML, if you haven't been kind of keeping up with the new HTML stuff, there's a there's a new way in your image tags that you can add SRC sets. And, and so you have your regular image and it's under SRC, right? SRC equals, you know, I'm talking about your HTML attribute. And then there's a new one, which is a set. And it's a comma separated list of images of different sizes. And so depending on how wide the window is, it will only load just enough, you know, the, the image just big enough to cover the screen size. So if you had an image that was 300 pixels wide, 600 pixels wide, 1200 pixels wide, maybe 2500 pixels wide, but your screen was only maybe 500 pixels wide, it will load the 600 pixel wide image instead of the full 2500 wide image. Yeah, kind of so, like, um, you know, responsive style sheets or media queries, but this right. is in, inline in the image tag. Yeah, they call it responsive images, basically. But th yeah. they are individual files. You would have to generate four or five files of each of your images in those different sizes. So quite a bit so of work. Yeah, what's nice with the serverless approach, it, approach is you could just pass in, hey, I want that image and I want it in 1,200 width or 500 width and um, you know, generate it on the fly there because all it's becoming is an image request if the condition is met on the width. Yes. So that's what that is. We, should, <laughs> we probably should have put that at the beginning before we started, went on this 10 minute rant about images, but yeah, package does a lot more than that. I mean, my vision for this, for this project is, it's quite hefty. It's a lot more than just that, but that was sort of the, the original thing was I really wanted really nice, crisp images, large you know, like almost full screen images on desktop and mobile that were really, really crisp, really, really nice. And with the old approach, I mean, you would have probably done something hacky on JavaScript and picked which images you wanted to load or something like that if you wanted to, oh, to remember, do this. I remember those days, yeah. Yeah. Lazy load it's them or something how, like that. Yeah. And it's funny how preloading has gone away and come back so many times, you know, in web design. Um, but, uh, I think we finally got 
you know, over the last few years, there's been such a, such a development, um, and some of these loading techniques that really make sense are, are elegant to write that, that, uh, it really made things so much better. Yeah, I agree. Browsers have gotten really smart too. I mean, browsers have really done a lot of the bulk work with this stuff, you know, trying to, trying to just make page pages faster and more performant, even even if the page itself isn't super performant and doesn't have nice optimized images, browsers have done a really good job of kind of picking up the slack with that stuff, you know? Absolutely. I think we brought it up on the podcast before where before if you had a missing closing tag or something like that, your whole layout would break. And yep. now yep. I've I've found errors in my markup, you know, I've talked about this already in the podcast, but you've got a bunch of partials and somewhere in there you closed one too many divs or one too many p tags and it should have broken your entire thing because technically your markup is broken but modern browsers display html markup perfectly fine i've i haven't broken a design with a missing you know what i mean it's it's hard to do now with that yeah and sometimes sometimes i find something where you know uh, divs in the wrong place or such but that's so rare and yeah you're right so much uh work that the browser is doing to uh, yep. cover those flaws. Yep. One thing I wanted to touch on is you'd consider me being pretty cheap, right? I would actually I mean, be, be honest, be honest. I, yeah, you're, you're, you're cheap. You're pretty frugal. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say you're cheap. I, I would not. I, I think that you, you are frugal and you rather not spend money if you don't absolutely have to. Okay. Let's just put okay. it, let's just put Fair it that enough. way. I don't, I wouldn't call you cheap though. You know what I mean? It's not like your 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 chair is falling apart and your Mac is, you know, from 1999. So that would that's what a cheap person would do, right? As I look around at the styrofoam and moving blankets. Yeah, but that's different. This, you know, this no, is our no, hobby. This is, yeah, this, this is our hobby. hobby. So, but uh, yeah, I consider myself pretty frugal. But where I'm going with this is there's there's people we know and there's people who take being cheap to a whole new level. And this week, I wanted to kick off a new segment, just doing this for fun. Oh, uh, boy. Cheapest thing that companies have done. Oh, I love and, it. Let's do it. Okay. The point <laughs> here isn't, isn't to make fun of anyone for being cheap. Nope. But it's more so um, if you're so cheap or you're so drunk with cheapness that you deprive your team of the tools and the resources they need to succeed, yeah, I'm going to call you out on it. So, and I know, I know, Victor, you're a little worried about where I'm going with this. So I've got some rules in place. <laughs> okay. All right. All Let's right. see. So rule number one is you must have worked with this company directly or okay. had this story originate from someone who worked for the company directly. It can't okay. be a story, so pretty of close. a story of a story. Yeah. Okay. I don't want a game of telephone here. Okay. We cannot, second rule is we cannot reveal who the company is or provide any hints. For okay. all intensive and legal purposes, as far as our audience is concerned, these stories could be pure fiction. Okay. And number three, shoot, I honestly forgot what number three is. Um, yeah. Anyways, these stories are not for revenge or yeah, yeah, sure. Should run number three. Have fun. Okay, got it. Yeah. So these are not meant to be revenge or spiteful. These are just funny stories. You know, when Victor and I get together, often we're we're rehashing these stories and say, "You remember when?" And you know, if you happen to be listening, go, "Wait, that's me in the story." Then shame on you for being so damn cheap. So uh, I did ask you to prepare a cheap story, and hopefully you have one. But um, other than I that, do. I didn't prepare you with any other details. And yeah. that said, this is going to be an interactive segment. So we okay. encourage 
the listeners to submit their stories to us. Ooh, and we, that reminds yes. me, we finally have a Twitter profile. We do, so can, we do. You can follow us at Foreign Devs. Um, you can tweet at us and uh, share your stories, and we hope you do so. Yo, I love, I love that. I would love to hear everybody's stories. Maybe we can. Ooh, Everyone maybe, has some. Ooh, I'm sure everybody's got contest? some good ones. Ooh. You want to do a contest? Get out yeah. one of those first foreign devs mugs. Okay, let's do okay. it. It's, it's, it's on me. Best okay. story. Uh, we'll share it on the podcast in in the next month. Yeah, best okay. story in the next month. You get a yellow foreign devs mug. Brand new. We haven't even made them yet. We haven't even designed them yet, but we'll yeah. get them. I, I didn't even know we, we we were thinking about making them. That's how that's how spontaneous this was. I love it though. Perfect. We'll make it happen. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna while you prepare your story, I'm gonna go here. All right, go ahead. So so this was a kid I worked with directly, but we had a good kid working for us at a at a company, and uh, he was wrapping up high school. Now he was making minimum wage, just helping in the office and. For fun, we'll just call him Frank. And uh, when I started my company, I had Frank freelance for me a bit, and and uh, I doubled his salary on on the condition that uh, he had to tell the other company that uh, I was paying him double. And he loved it. He laughed. You know, he had a blast. You know, and for me, it was he was he did such great work that it was well worth it. So, anyways, one day the other company reached out to him and needed uh, someone to man the grill for an employee appreciation event and uh frank had some other work lined up for that day but after the company pleaded he agreed and when he showed up he felt it was wise to inform them that he was now making double the money elsewhere okay one of his hourly rate match <laughs> this sounds like, a, like an audiobook <laughs> yeah so uh so the company's representative was was shocked by that you know and to go further, he had anticipated that Frank would just do this for free, you know, being a friend or a young kid. And uh, so Frank said something along the lines of, well, you know, I've got other work to do and I'll just go. So no, 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 company, you know, no, 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 we'll, we'll pay you. And uh, Frank goes to the grill and he's setting up and and uh, he's supposed to be grilling some burgers. And he noticed there's no utensils. So he's looking around, looking around and. Someone says, oh, we threw the old ones out. So Frank's thinking he's improvising. So, you know, he's got these burgers. He's got the grill hot. So he runs down the block to a grocery store or just, you know, jogs over there not far. And uh, he sees in the in the little kitchen kitchen section they have that they have a spatula uh, for the grill. So picks that up, whatever, five bucks, you know, pays for it, rushes back, you know, grills and Everyone's having a good time. You know, he's making burgers for the crew and some customers are even showing up and, and Frank's the man. But a company representative comes over there and notices, you know, new shiny spatula and it's got a price tag hanging from it and uh, inquires where it came from. Frank says, you know, I just purchased it. Company representative, you know, asking about price, et cetera, and tells him, okay, well, when you're done, you know, we don't need this. So go ahead and wash it up and no. take it back to the store. No. <gasps> yes. Oh, I did yes. not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five dollar spatula. Return it after it's used. Ooh. Wow. Okay. I've got okay. Okay. All right. My turn. My turn. That's good. That was good. That was good. Go, go. I, I, I didn't know where you were going with that. I don't know that story. So I didn't know where you were going. And that was uh interesting. So this next story you may know. 
And um, one day I was uh, at, at work and I broke my chair. Okay. My chair broke. It was old. It was not new when it was given to me. It was just it was just an old chair that was hanging around. It wasn't very pretty or anything, but you know, I did the job. So so my chair broke. It just, you know, fell apart. And so okay. so I mentioned to management that I needed a new chair. Well, I need a new chair because, you know, I need to be comfortable, you know, need to feel good. Um and they said, you know what? We've actually got a chair somewhere else, different location. I will send it down so that you can start using that chair instead. And I said, well, I mean, I could just buy a chair. It's like, no, 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 no. We got a good chair. It's, you'll like it. Okay. I said, all right. About a week goes by and the chair shows up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. A week, a week goes by with, with you having a broken chair. Well, I was using a uh, just like a, a non-moving chair, non-office okay, okay, chair. Okay. Like I took one of the chairs from the other side of my desk, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, a week goes by and the chair shows up and it's it's in worse shape than my already broken chair. And it just it just blew my mind and and so I start calling around finding out like is this a joke? <laughs> is this serious? Is this a real chair that you're that I got sent to use? Turns out another employee at a different place also had the same issue happen to me. They had this old chair that they didn't want anymore because it was so broken and they got a new chair. And so the chair that they said was broken and they didn't want anymore, that was the chair that was sent down so that I could have a new chair. Dude, that's so, sad. That is, that is, that is sad. So that, that is my company was so cheap story. Um, wow. So anyway. Yeah, no, so I, yeah, that, that chair was so broken down, the second one, that it was, it was not usable. I ended up buying a chair anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, do you have another one? Oh, I've got plenty, but I'm going to oh. save them for, I want this segment to go on. Okay, so. okay, okay, I like yeah. it, I like it. All right, so yeah. the ball's in your court now as a listener. It's time for you to submit your, you know, my company is so cheap, or a company of somebody that I no, very close. Remember, remember the rules. Cannot be hearsay story. Has to be a real story that you know or you live through. And uh, yeah, tweet them at us. I am excited. I do hope we get some stories because these could be really, really good. That's a fun segment. We'll definitely keep that yeah. one going. Well, speaking of, you know, just telling jokes, being funny. So I've been watching Masterclass. Um, my wife got it for me for Christmas. I love it. Um, I had specifically put it on my list because of Bob Eager, CEO of Disney. Uh, he had a course, but I've been really digging Sarah Blakely's course, uh, who's the founder of Spanx and the youngest self-made billionaire, or was the youngest self-made billionaire. But uh, she talks about how she took uh, stand-up comedy classes uh, or did stand-up comedy to focus on her sales skills and be more comfortable. And... Uh, you know, focuses on timing and so forth that make make jokes funny. And it reminded me about us in, in Miami. We were at a, this was a few weeks ago, Miami Boat Show. We went out to sushi and and um, we had raced around on electric scooters. That but, was uh, fun. Whew. At the end of the, at the end of the dinner, the waiter asked us or asks us if we want any dessert. 
and you looked at him, and I'm going to screw this up, but you said something <laughs> like, like, who do we look like to you? We're professional scooter riders or something, you know. Uh, we got to keep in shape. And he basically fell to the ground laughing. And I was thinking about that joke, because if I said it word for word... <laughs> He would look at you like, like you were a serial like killer. A serial, yeah, serial killer. He would walk away in silence. He would think about his life, wonder how he got to that point, why tonight happened. He'd quit his job. He'd, I don't know, but I don't have that same touch when it comes to telling a joke, and and I definitely need to work on that. So that's something I've put on my list of. Things, uh, things I want to learn. And uh, before I jump off subject, masterclass. It's, uh, it's not cheap, but it's awesome. I'm really liking it. And uh, is it not? You check it out too. Is it not Yanni? Because is it not cheap? Because is Yanni cheap, or or is it not really cheap? Because it is really expensive. I think it's a uh, hundred eighty dollars a year. So it's. Uh, so it's like fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, but it's, you know, you pay all up front. So in comparison to something. Ah, okay. You know, okay, okay, yeah. okay. In, in comparison to the Coder's Tape videos, those free, awesome, amazing <laughs> Coder's Tape videos that Victor burns the midnight oil for, that's pretty expensive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, I don't know. Someday Coder's Tape may be a paid service, but, you know, it's not It's not today. But you're right. I mean, I, 180 bucks for having the quality of people that they're bringing on board seems fairly reasonable. It, it's you know. nothing. It's nothing. But the price point is where you and maybe it should be something like a, you know, a 90 day subscription that auto renews or something, uh, because I definitely think I will renew for next year. Um, but it is it's something that stops you and goes, how much am I going to use this? And then when you think about it, you're like, think about all the books of knowledge I'm getting from this. Um, you're like, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty small price to pay for what it is. Well, we talked about Mailgun early in the podcast and how they didn't charge enough and couldn't provide a great service, Yep. you know? So I think there's something to be said about companies charging what is what is fair. $180 for the amount of stuff they have, content they have, and the quality. These people are charging them a ton of money to do this stuff, right? So it's not like, I mean, you can see where the money is going, you know what I mean, from the subscription yep. money. Yep. It's not like they have some some B roll guys. I mean, the CEO of Disney. How much do you think they paid that guy to do this? I I really have no idea. But I'm sure no it was idea. a hefty amount. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, yeah, so it's... all these all these people, it cost a lot of money. You know, but it's it's Absolutely. great to hear from them. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And well, it's you know more more than just the knowledge. The stories about you know what shaped them is is awesome to hear. It's something that you might not necessarily get in the same way through a book. Right. And a lot of people, I mean, writing a book is hard. It's a lot. I mean, I feel like doing a film oh, yeah. is almost easier than writing a book. I mean, that's tough. I don't yeah. know that I could write yeah. a book. I could do video all day, but I don't know that I could write a book. Yeah. You know, I like writing articles um, and I still haven't gotten into the videos. I know I've been promising you coders tape content, but uh, articles, I don't know. I just uh, like that I could work on little bit bits and pieces. For me personally, the the videos, because it's the way that I personally learn, I find it easier to produce. Okay. okay. You know, so so I've, maybe that's maybe that's the difference. I know you rather read something to learn it. I rather see somebody do it on video and learn it. So the ironic thing here is, you know, I completely discard the videos I've done. You know, on boats. So. Um, 
you know, those and those it seems so different when I'm talking about something, discussing something than rather than trying to teach something. And I'm a, I'm a horrible teacher. So um, do you have five minutes? I do. What's up? Laravel 7. Let's knock this out. All right, uh, let's I do know it. you let's had a whole, whole new series on Coder's Tape. We did. Everyone yep. go go there. Look at the Laravel 7 uh, series. It's been yeah, that was a lot fun. of attention. Yep. Uh, Victor's been burning the midnight oil to create that. Go check yeah. it out. Yeah. So, Airlock, what are your thoughts? Yes, absolutely. So, it's it's something that I struggled with, and it's something that needed to be done. Um, Airlock, however, is not a Laravel 7 thing. I mean, it's it's... It's just a new package. It just happened to have been released sort of around the same time, but oh, I didn't even realize that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Airlock is just a package. It's just a. It's basically, you know. So if you thought of Passport as on crack, and you absolutely didn't want to do JWT tokens, the yep, then then you can you can use Airlock to basically create authentication for your SPA. Now, Airlock doesn't really do anything that. Uh, Passport wouldn't do with the differences that Password would use um, OAuth and yep. OAuth is is very complicated, very difficult to set up. And for most projects, this is just an absolute overkill. As a matter of fact, a couple of projects, I just simply use the token, just a simple string token. And if you're wondering about security with tokens and stuff like that, it would be no different than if somebody stole the cookie out of your browser while you were logged in and they used that cookie to log into the the server. It would be absolutely no difference at all. If they have access to your cookies, it would be no different than if they had access to your API token. So yep, yep. security-wise, it would be no more or less secure than the regular auth that, that is used in Laravel out of the box. But yeah, Airlock, absolutely love it. I, I approve. So one thing I've used in the past is uh, when I've wanted just simple API tokens, I've used API Guard by uh, Chris Batista for it. It's been great. It's uh, now uh, lagging behind a bit, but uh, I'll have to explore to see if I can easily uh, replace that with Airlock. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I'm excited about is custom casts. You know, I think it's something that's right now super unappreciated. And I actually thought JMac had talked about the ability to do this to do this at uh, Laracon last year, and uh, spent hours trying to figure out exactly what he meant. And then one of the videos finally came out, and I was like, "Ah, you know, he." I just misheard. He wasn't saying what I thought he was. But um, I try to use custom classes to create objects for all sort of reoccurring data in my systems um, in the projects I work on. Uh, that I don't necessarily want as models. So I think there's going to be a big step forward, you know, for pricing, specs, options, anything where I want structured data, um, That I, especially things I'm storing in JSON columns right now. Yep, I so agree. I'm excited I, about it. Yeah, I like them. I like the reusability of them because, you know, you may you may think, well, this is just a, kind of a fancy mutator and setter. And it is. Um, because really when you look at the class that you generate, all it has is just a get method and a set method. It's no different than you know just using a mutator uh, but the reusability of it is what i think is is super awesome because you'll be able to use the same class even across projects you may even be able to share these in packages and stuff and have all sorts of standardized um, columns represented properly out of the database you know and um i think i like it i do like it so okay good http client um uh... You know, I think Taylor nailed it during Laracon Online when he said no one remembers the guzzle methods. And nope. at least for me, he's right. 
Nope. And while ZTTP, ZTTP is nice. Um, That's what I use it, all the time. Every, Every time I reach for it, it doesn't support a more advanced function of Guzzle. Um, at least that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, so that keeps me a lot of time from using it. And testing Guzzle has always created some of the, this works but doesn't feel great, you know, artifacts. So I'm happy to see that ta- uh, testing was taken into account with this wrapper. Yeah. I mean, uh, I use, yeah, I use ZTTP in my projects and... You know, the new HTTP client is going to be awesome because of the testing stuff. Because it's basically ZTTP, but like on a on a whole nother level. So, yep, 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 really like uh, that. Fluent string operation. So, <laughs> you, and I, you and I worked on a string between helper. Uh, yep. One of those things that never got merged uh, in, or the PR never got merged into framework. And honestly, better versions came along. You know, Caleb had a, Caleb Porzio had a, better package when we saw that it would go this just makes sense but at the time we had talked about fluent string uh, helpers right and we we nixed the idea because we're like oh it will never get incorporated you know well never say never yeah it just makes sense yeah i can without without a doubt i could tell you that you and i talked about doing that and allow and basically at the time we were really getting into collections and that's how we approached this is that we thought what if you could do something like the way you can chain methods in collections with the strings and so when i saw this in laravel set i was like man we came up with that i remember that was like years ago we had talked about doing that but yeah yeah. obviously we liked it enough to have invented it two years ago so you know (laughs) yeah Okay, core support. So this is a quick one. I've been creating my own middleware for years. Um, so I think the the additional support for it is nice. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, not something you run into super often. Do you? No, Do you, you run don't. S- you don't. Yeah, no. it's... No. I was kind of surprised to see that one, seeing how, how Taylor really puts puts brakes on things that are not are not going to be super widely used. This didn't feel like one of those super widely used, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe there's a lot maybe of people using more, more demand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, for me personally. I don't reach. I don't I don't run into these problems very often. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever ran into the problem. I know you have, but I don't think I've ever ran into a problem for yeah, the, very, the course. Very, very rare where you need to, you know. And usually it's to support some um, remote. It, it you know remote system where you know you're limited in options all right blade components uh i'm very excited to try them out i just really haven't had a chance yet yeah what about what's yeah. your thoughts i i love it it is not as intuitive as you may initially think it, it is and it isn't like once you understand it you get it it's good but somebody kind of needs to explain it to you or you you kind of need to see it working before you you understand how it works um and there, and it's basically it could be broken down into three different things. You can have the full blown version, which in which you have your blade uh, files plus a class. the The second version you can have is where you only have a class, and then you return HTML out of a class uh, function, a class method, okay. which doesn't feel great to me. I know JavaScript does this all the time, where they return JSX and stuff like that out of a function that is inside like a class. But when yep. you see the when you see kind of the 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 big block of HTML string outputting out of a class and being returned, it still feels really dirty to me and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that 
editors don't quite get the color right and it doesn't look like it belongs there and it feels yeah. hacky. And then the third version you can have is where you only have the blade component or the blade file, and it automatically turns that into a component for you. And I think that that is probably the most useful way when you don't have a ton of logic you need to do um, in your, and you don't really need a full dedicated class. But I definitely don't love the approach where you have to return markup out of a method in a, in, in PHP. Feels dirty. No, me neither. And I, I you know, I kind of said I'll, I'll never be doing that when I saw Lyricon online. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel good. It feels like old school PHP. We used to do that all the time, right? We used to put echo statements in the middle of a oh yeah of a function, and it feels really old school PHP. And I think you you asked me a pretty interesting question today. Do you remember what that was? I asked you a ton of questions. I don't know which. Well, it was more of it, it was more of a of a statement about PHP today oh oh so it, i had one of those moments where i'm like i love php and then i said wait a second do i love php or do i love laravel right Which i think it? that's i think that's deep i think that's something we should explore maybe in a future episode maybe maybe episode 16 because i think there's a lot to that um i've been writing php for I don't know, 12 years? No, more than that, probably 15 years? When was 2005? Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. So 15 years of PHP is a long time. And, and and a lot of those 15 years was doing the echoes out of the, you know, and having, like, at the top of the file, you would have your connections to the database, and you, yeah, you would have yeah. some sort of config file that you would require in include, that had your username and password. Require, sorry, yep. Yeah, require and then require once. Remember, you could do require once that yep. way. And it all felt good at the time, to be honest. I mean, until recently, that felt fine. And recently, I mean, you know, probably five, six years ago, but that all felt okay. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I did a lot of a lot of sites and applications like that, but that's a whole another topic. We'll 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 touch up on that. What's what's the next feature? Stubs. Um, yes. Yes and no. I don't know. I'm indifferent about that uh, one. I just thought it was something that could be useful. And, you know, I, something uh, I kind of expected probably to be there, you know, earlier on. But it's nice. Well, you know, one thing that was actually brought up as a comment on the Coder Save video on YouTube on the stubs was, can I define my own custom stuff? I think that would be a good version two of that. Um, you yep, know how you yep, have the different the different types of controllers. Um, you know, maybe you could have different types of models or something like that that you know extend a different model, but you but you don't always want it. So maybe yep, like a yep. flag that you could pass in when you create your model and say, "Hey, use stub blah 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 blah." You know, so you could say something like PHP artisan make model post dash uh, s for stub or something like that, dash S, uh, custom stub. And then it would look in that yep. custom directory and pull the custom stub instead of the regular stub. And if you don't pass that, then it uses the regular one or something like that, which I thought was a pretty interesting idea. I, I, Yeah, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm a little indifferent about it. I could only see me using that for one thing and one thing only, and it's for turning mass assignment protection off on all models, which 
I, I do. That's, that's a good use. Yeah. I do literally in every single model. You go in there, protected, guarded equals empty array. Literally in every single model, I type that in. So that would be the only thing that I would I would use that in. Which I guess you know. So I got. I guess I I've, I've got a pretty good use for it since I do it all the time. Yep. Yep. All right. Finally, Nuno Maduro's artisan test. Yes, that's a big win. I like that. I like uh, that one. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. I think that just, uh, uh, he's 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 burned the midnight oil on those. Yes, he, he has. Is a super nice guy. Got to meet him at Laracon last year briefly, um, and uh, just he actually I had written an article on Algolia pricing when they introduced the new pricing structure. I think it was last year, and uh, he reached out like the night after I wrote it, and he's like, "Hey, you know, just wanted to provide some feedback, and here's uh, what we're thinking." And and I mean, just he is one of the core Laravel guys out there in the community. Like, you know, he wants to push everything forward, and just a great developer. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, I, I like see, that. You know, more of his work integrated in. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I know he's been pu- pushing his his package a lot too, and trying to work on 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 the testing stuff and yeah it's a really nice welcome um welcome addition for sure i really like it absolutely yep absolutely cool all right well you got to get some sleep catch yep. flight where are you flying to can you say is it a secret um no i'm flying down to the keys vacation no work? no work, i already said business it's work. yeah it's business yeah business down to well, the keys i guess i guess i guess in the keys even business is vacation yeah, sort of. I'm I'm not as excited about this trip as I thought I would be, mostly because we're going to kind of like a high-end place, so we're going to have to be dressed up the whole time, and it's not really like relaxing by the beach with a with a beer. It's more like business, like real business, and you got to be dressed up. So I think that's the only reason why I'm not excited about it. But Well, having been there once, you cannot wear jeans to restaurants, so nope. just keep that in mind. I know. I know. I was packing my bag today, and everything that I bring, I know I'm going to have to take it out and iron it out because it's going to, you know, it's nice clothes, you know, and traveling on airplanes with nice clothes is not the easiest thing to do. Jeans travel no. way better than slacks. I'll leave it with that. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Get some rest and cool. we'll catch everyone up on uh, episode 16, uh, hopefully next week here. If you've got a story about a company being cheap, please submit it. Hit us up at foreign devs on Twitter and we look forward to uh, discussing some more. Till then, I'm Yanni, that's Victor. Have a good one. See you later. <laughs>